I am delighted to have Charlotte Lockhart as my guest today. Charlotte is a business advocate, investor and philanthropist with more than 25 years of experience in multiple industries in New Zealand and overseas. As CEO for the four day week global campaign, she works promoting internationally the benefits of a productivity focused and reduced hour workplace. Through this, she's on the board of the newly created Wellbeing Research Center at Oxford University and the advisory boards of the US campaign and the Ireland campaign for the four-day week. Today, we will talk about Charlotte's work at the four-day week and how, besides productivity, this form of work also positively impacts gender equality and sustainability. Charlotte will share some examples of what the four-day week looks like in practice, why it is a good idea to start with a trial, how it could help startups to attract top talent and allow people to become more creative. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming onto my podcast. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. So um, as we have people from all over the world um, listening to us, um, could you just Give us a little bit of an idea of where you're calling from and um, is there any particular site or food that you could tell people about? Oh, right. Okay. Well, we, um, I'm calling from Surrey in the UK. We normally live in New Zealand, uh, but we've come up here to spend time with the, the, some family. Um, so we've only been here for a week, so I'm, I'm not sure where what's actually open in Surrey. Although Andrew did find a Chinese takeaway that he thinks might be open. So we're gonna, we're gonna try that later in the week. <laughs> that sounds great. So um, now, could you tell us um, about the four day um, week? And um, give us a little bit of an overview, you know, the history, because I, I'm just so fascinated about the whole concept of the four-day week. Well, the, the, the idea of the four-day week is actually nothing new. It's been around for quite some time. We obviously had uh, the five-day week was introduced mostly in around the turn of the century into the 30s. Henry Ford brought it into his business. Um, and, and interestingly, which I think is quite important for the four-day week, it took him three years to introduce a five-day week across his whole business. Mm. So one of the things that we talk about in the four-day week space is what is the journey that that you're on now so our journey started uh, nearly two and a half years ago now where we launched a trial of the four-day week in our business in New Zealand uh, called Perpetual Guardian we're a trustee company uh, and with uh, about 250 staff 16 branches throughout New Zealand um, and what we were really interested in when we first did this Andrew had read a study that said that um, that uh, productivity in the UK was less than three hours, about two hours and 35 minutes. And in Canada was something like one hour and eight minutes or something, something really quite not a lot of productivity. And he was quite surprised about that. And he thought to himself, is productivity low in my business? And if it is, how would I even know? And if I can improve productivity, can I give my staff time off instead of 
um, than having to work full time if we can improve productivity. So we started as the trial realistically as a conversation around what is productivity in our business. And uh, the rest is history. It was a very successful trial. We found all sorts of things that came out of it. Uh, and the business became uh, a lot more productive. And our staff became incredibly more engaged and, and, and happy at work. I am very happy that the trial was successful. Because otherwise, you would not be sitting here today. Could you elaborate a bit more about the employees being happy and engaged? So if people watch the video of Andrew introducing the four-day week to our staff at, at Perpetual Guardian, he uses the terminology, he says this is a pact between us and them. It's a, if they can do their job in less time, be productive and do their job in less time, then he will give them that time off. And so that's one of the things that we need to remember in our workplaces. It's not an us and them. In the workplace, we are a we. Business doesn't exist without us people, and people need business, businesses to exist so that they can work. But people want to come and work and do something where they feel like they, they're contributing and they, it really matters what they are doing. So being productive at work is very, very good for our mental health. Uh, and it gives us a sense of achievement. If you think about it, you go to work, you have a great day, you get that report finished, you get that podcast recorded, uh, <laughs> you, get, uh, you, you, you have a couple of great conversations um, and, and, and you attend a really interesting meeting that you feel is, has, uh, was, was well done and achieved the goals that it needed to. And you get home and, you, and your partner says, honey, how was your day? And you say, oh, I've had a great day. I got this and this and this and this. And, and you, you feel very good. Whereas if you have a day where you go to work and it drifts from one thing to another and you go to a meeting that wasn't well organized and you're really sitting there thinking, well, this is kind of interesting, but I'm not really sure why I'm here. And I've got that report on my desk that really needs dealing with but I'm sitting here instead, and then you go back to your desk, you start on the report, and then someone interrupts you, and then something else happens, and then there's a fire drill, and you get to the end of the day, and, you, and so you spent the same amount of time at work, and you get to the end of the day, and your partner says, honey, how was your day? And you say, it was rubbish. Yeah. Because what makes us happy is that we, as humans, is when we feel like we've achieved something. Yes. And so when you focus your business in on productivity, you are giving people a clear direction as to what achievement looks like. And so, you know, they, they say, if, you know, if you want a task done, give it to a busy person and particularly a returning mother, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, but, but actually what we're looking for is actually how we get things done. And I've, it's quite interesting. There is a company in the UK who's been doing the four-day week for um, since 2015. Wow. And the gentleman who runs it, it's, an, an, a, it's a recruitment company, and the gentleman who runs it, went, it decided that he would do four-day week when he set up his own business. And he knew it worked in recruitment because in his previous place, there had been a mother who returned to work and she was working four days ah. and she achieved all of her recruitment targets 
in those four days wow. as everyone else had done in five. And actually, when he tells the story, he also says, then she had a second child, came back and was only working three days and still achieved all of her targets. Wow. Now, so it's, you know, so it's, it's sometimes the journey towards trusting that working less hours will be productive for your business has to come from a, a place where people can visibly see it. We know we, we like to see the evidence of it. And so one of the things that we strongly recommend, in fact, almost insist on, is that if you want to go down the four-day week journey, then start with a trial. Because in the trial, you will find all of the things necessary to do this pro properly, but you'll also get the productivity measures that you need to be able to measure it properly. Uh, you will take your staff on a journey that will give you the most engaged workforce you just will not imagine. And it gives you a chance to say, if it doesn't work, then we'll go back to five days but I'm prepared to give it a go. And so if business leaders can actually just be prepared to give it a go, they will actually find that their productivity goes up enormously. In, in um, Microsoft in Japan, mm -hmm. they did the four day week last summer mm -hmm. and they got nearly 40%, 39.9% increase in productivity wow. by working less. Now, that's incredible. Now, they noticed their photocopying paper went down and they noticed that their power bill went down and they noticed a whole pile of things. And they, but to achieve the four-day week, they did th three things. They said to their staff, please use Microsoft Teams as the preferred way of dealing with things. Mm -hmm. Two, no meetings longer than 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And three no more than five people in a meeting. Wow. And just by doing those three things at work, they actually meant, that actually meant that they got that increase in productivity. They also, which didn't get as much media attention uh, as, as the, the things that work, but they also did three things and encouraged people with three things outside of work. So they said that we want you to look for projects that you could use this time that support you as an individual might be career development or things. We want you to look for things that will support your community. So that might be, um, you know, going out and, and, and volunteering on something. And we want to, you to look for things that will support your family. Mm -hmm. And they asked their people to bring these projects to them because they were prepared to pay towards some of the costs for these, for these things that people came up with. Now, you don't necessarily need to do that, but if you think about in Japan, where is that culture of overwork? They would even have a, a word for, <coughs> which um, means dying at work. Mm -hmm. And they had that culture of overwork. They were to, obviously, they had decided that if people were going to work less, they needed to help them with what they might do otherwise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a, perhaps a little bit of a sad indictment on society, but we do find that when companies do four-day week and they get feedback from their staff, some of their staff say, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the time. <laughs> I don't think there's too many, too many mothers and fathers out um, there that would go, I don't know what I would do that time. <laughs> but um, 
but what we're looking for is how do we find a balance in our society? What is the society that we want to construct where work is meaningful and, and, and occupies a meaningful amount of time in our lives, but isn't our life? Yeah. Because, you know, you can't pay me enough to lose my marriage be um, alienated to my children, to damage the planet, to not have gender equality. Uh, all of these things that we, that we want for our society, you can't pay me enough to do any of it, to right. lose those things. And yet you make me work and those things are a consequence of the work that we do, the, the, the amount of work that we do. So if we decide as a society that we, we want better things and, to, you know, the young ones, I'm getting old now, the young ones these days, um, the younger generations, the millennials and below, they don't want to work those right. ridiculous mm -hmm. long hours. They have seen their parents work long hours, the stress and the burnouts and the broken marriages and the being, with them being brought up in childcare and all of those things. Those are the things that they don't want. They want to participate in society. They want to work for social enterprises. Right. They want to work and work that where, um, where the company is doing some good as well as making profits. And we should really be encouraging them to do that. As, as, as a society, we always look for, for our, to, to give our children a better benefit in life than we had. We want our children to have a better life than our own. And in the last couple of three generations, a lot of that's been around money. It's been around wealth and it's been around, you know, what, you know, how can we have more things? But the, these younger ones now don't want anything more in the way of things. They want a life. And I find that, you know, we, you know, we have people say, oh, the young ones just don't want to work hard. No. And I'm like, no, I don't want them. To, I, isn't that, don't we want that for them? Don't we want our children to have better lives? I mean, my, my two are now young men. I want them to have lives where they grow up knowing their children. I, I want my sons to have the same chance and societal recognition if they stay home with children or work a four-day four week and spend time with the children as them, the mothers of their children get. I, that balance that we so want to achieve is within the grasp for our young people. And I think that as our generation, I'm a Gen Xer, we, know, we, should be, we should be wanting that. We should be laying the pathway because if we lay the pathway, they will follow it and they will make it this beautiful road full of, I'm sounding really, really, really idealistic, but this is the society we want. Do we want the drudgery of going to work and being engaged with work? And when I say being at work, I'm talking about the minute you wake up and you harry everybody out the door and it's rush, rush, rush and everything, and I get to work and you run around and work and then you leave home and then you do the reverse of what you did in the morning, pick everybody up and get everybody organised. And, and the only time that you get to relax is once the kids are in bed and you can sit down with your partner and a glass of wine and you are too tired to talk. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I completely appreciate it. So now, there might be some people listening to us and are saying, well, my organization is a service 
related organization. So if I have everybody working four days a week, how can I have um, continuous customer service? So what could you tell these um, leaders, please? Yeah, so that's a really important point. So our business, so we're a trustee business and we have customers and we're a service industry. Um, and so one of the things that uh, was a criteria for us when we did the four-day week was that we could not have um, customer service go down. We, we must, the customer service must stay at the level that it was. That was one of the criteria. Sorry, that's a dreadful noise coming from my phone. So that was one of the criteria that everybody had to um, find a way to reduce their work hours without reducing customer service. Now, what that looked like in our business was that we didn't close the business for a single day. Um, we People had different amounts of time off. In the trial, most people took a day. They just had different days off in the week. In um, what has ended up with our permanent thing is that people take different amounts of time off. So, for example, we have a father who can't take, walks his daughter to school and comes in in the um, at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, we have a um, we have another father who leaves at the end of the day. So we have all of these different things. He leaves just a little bit early. So we have all these different ways of managing the time off. Some people take two afternoons off. Some people take whole days. And they do that based upon the A, the business needs. Because let's face it, that we're a business. The business needs to do things. The customer service needs. But two, the, the staff members' needs. And when you give... So, your people the day and the or the time off that matters most to them they will work very hard to keep it we have one of our staff her husband's a chef so she takes tuesdays off because if we were a four-day week business and we just did three we just had three-day weekends it would be of no use to her because he's working on fridays right so she would have tuesdays off and she would have she has time with him at a time when they can both share that day off so it becomes really important to have the right sort of time off for both the business and for your staff. How you find what works for your business comes out in the trial. That's why you run a trial. And so now I'm a big proponent of job sharing. Um, I imagine that you have also either... I don't know if you have job sharers at your organization, but maybe part-time um, employees. How does that work with the four-day week? So we have a principle called the 180-100 rule. Okay. So I will pay you 100% of what you're earning now. Mm -hmm. I want you to work 80% of the time that you are working now, mm -hmm. as long as you give me 100% of the productivity that you are doing now. Okay. Right? So you can apply that to someone who's working three days a week or two days a week or, or five mornings a week or, or anything like that. You can, you can fit the 180-100 rule fits in with any amount of time that you work. But as a business leader, please, please, please be very clear about what you truly expect out of your job sharing and part-time workers. 
because on the whole, they are already giving you more than, so if you're working somebody who's working half time, just working mornings, they are giving you more than the person who's working full time, more than, you know, what is effectively half of a full time job. And we know this about people. Um, we know that our part-time workers are hugely efficient. They tend not to get distracted at work. They tend to come in, get their job done and go because they're, they're there for less time. Right. So as business leaders, you need to be very careful about valuing the quality and the quantity of your part-time workers and possibly look at how that compares to the quality and quantity of your full-time workers. Thank you. Because I, I, you know, in my previous conversations with guests on my podcast, I had several talking about their experiences in their job sharing careers. And in um, the case of um, um, Maggie Pickett in England, she mentioned that twice when they moved on together to a new job, they were actually replaced by two individually um, yes. because yeah. of the amount of productivity they have had putting it together because she always talked about the Wednesday peak. They did Monday, um, Tuesday, Wednesday, one, and the other one Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and somebody comes in yeah. fresh on Wednesday and is ready to go. So I yes. completely yeah. can see that. Um, Absolutely. And and I think that, and that's one of the interesting things about, um, you know, how the four-day week allows you to be fresh at work. Right. So I'm a big fan of having Wednesdays off. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, a four-day week business that runs around having Wednesdays off has nailed it. Because if you think about it, you've you're always got yesterday off or you've got tomorrow off. So there's a psychology that goes with that. And so you only ever have to work two days at a time. Yes. Now, so if you've got a workforce that's struggling to get everything done, if you ask them, so there are lots of companies that take Fridays off, but four days consecutively is still actually quite a lot to try and fit your life around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we find that in the mental health and physical health space, um, that, that around the world, Wednesdays off tends to really support mental and physical health. Yeah, I I could so see that because yeah, you always have something to look forward to, right? It's yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. now um, in in New Zealand, where you typically live, yes. um, your prime minister has basically suggested that many businesses or maybe all businesses should try to take um, a four day week approach to actually help um, the tourism industry um, yes. by being able to travel around. So have you had more inquiries or have you heard more about how this is going? Yeah, absolutely. So it's quite interesting because um, that story went around the world. <laughs> <laughs> So in that first, uh, so she, she did that on a Tuesday uh -huh. in New Zealand and we spent the next 10 days 
talking to media organizations <laughs> around the world and 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 so but also but also lots of more businesses so people yeah. are very interested in in what four day week looks like ceos around the world are grappling with this idea around what is going to be the new normal mm-hmm. and and how they can integrate the benefits of the flexible and remote working that we have achieved uh, into a, a new way of working and how they can use those to provide you know a, a healthy and happy workplace but also a profitable and productive mm-hmm. business right um, because the two have to go hand in hand it's it, it would be nice to think that business could merely exist to uh, make its staff happy but i guess actually business exists to make money it's why it exists, but when it does it well, it pays tax. Yep. And then taxes can be used to help us build roads and schools and all that sort of thing. So we want business to be, prod, you know, we, we want money to be coming into our economy and business is generally the way that we do that. Um, so so it, 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 it benefits our entire society to have great businesses. Great businesses are benefited by having a great place for their people to work. So it comes back to what I said before. It's a pact. Right. And now, um, what do you do in an organization where, let's say, somebody would like to try it on a senior business leader level, but maybe there are some mid-level managers who feel it's impossible or, you know, there is reluctance so you will get that absolutely mm-hmm. you the middle management will be the ones that will struggle with it okay because they're the ones that generally have to be held accountable mm-hmm. to making it happen yeah. and so they sort of see this is a whole pile of work for me which is not the case this is a, this is a bottom up process mm-hmm. management cannot resolve this issue but also the other thing that happens of course is that when you change something like this it requires managers to actually manage yeah. rather than to actually to then to do so they will feel challenged in their skill set so i strongly recommend to businesses when they look at doing this is that they look at their management training Mm-hmm. And they make sure that their managers are well supported in their skill set. Now, this is obviously comes as a bit of a cost to a business, but it's an important part of what we really should be doing for our team. You know, the people who are our team leaders and our and our junior managers. If we are developing them in a career in our organization, we should be giving them the skills to be better managers within our business. Mm -hmm. And this will make them more productive for our business. It's another form of investing. Yeah. And and so, like, if you look at um, maybe startups or the tech industry, where there is much more of, like, I would say, the the hustle culture, have like you mentioned Microsoft before how would a maybe a smaller or maybe younger company try to implement that where maybe the competitors are all still very much you know like I don't know working 60 80 hours a week um, and um, you in the book um, mentioned um, Andrew mentioned that you know in order to best do a trial 
you should do some research beforehand to have a baseline and maybe look at, you know, and also look at legal aspects on um, making sure that um, you implement it um, according to the, the, the labor laws of the respective country. So how would yep. one do that if one is, say, a very progressive um, startup um, founder? Mm -hmm. Okay, so in terms of the legal advice, you can obviously stomp along to your lawyer and pay them good money to get that advice. But there are many um, uh, business and employer uh, um, organizations and associations out there. So there's generally, you most people will belong to some sort of business group. And they generally will have advisors for you mm -hmm. that you can get some of the legal advice okay. in terms of, of how you're going to implement uh, and what would be legal, what is legally possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but in addition to that, the, one of the things that we need to make sure is that, yes, your competitors might all be working 60 hours a week, but are they being productive for 60 right. hours a week? Right. So this is back to this conversation around what is productivity in your business. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that startups often struggle with is being able to attract top talent mm -hmm. because they can't pay the salaries of Microsoft and Google and Facebook and, right. and, and, and some of those, those big, those big organizations. They just don't have the budget. Right. And so they, they need to look. For, uh, for ways in which they can attract and retain great staff. Mm -hmm. And by having something like four-day work or flexible working, mm -hmm. preferably with a reduced hours work week, yep. um, means that you're not necessarily having to try and find other ways to, 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 um, to retain your staff. Mm -hmm. Most organisations that bring on a four-day week find that they keep their talent without any effort whatsoever so if you're taking a long view in terms of if you believe your startup uh, it, 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 that, you, that you have a valid product that you are bringing to the market mm -hmm. or service and that what you are doing matters then and that and that you are going to be there for the long term then you're going to need to have a long-term strategy around how you attract and retain good staff. Yeah. Uh, and if you set your business up, I mean, where there was a business that has just taken on a four-day week. Uh, the, the, they're starting on the, the 1st of July, uh, which is what, tomorrow? Yep. Um, and they are effectively a startup. They've, they've been around for a short period of time. They've got to themselves to a point where they they were looking at four day week prior to lockdown, mm -hmm. uh, and then they're they're starting to come out of lockdown, and they're like, we really don't want to go back to behaving the way that we did before, and so they've taken all of the behaviours that they've you know, these new good habits that they've mm -hmm. developed through lockdown, and they're applying it to a four day week, now. Again, they're running it as a trial because mm -hmm. then that gives the business owner some flexibility. Right. And they, they are continuing to look for the, int the increase in productivity, the productivity hacks, the way that they can run their business a bit better, their communications with their, not only their staff but their customers. And they're looking at how they run all of that as a comprehensive program, but they know they haven't got all those answers yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
that's I you know Charlotte I could listen to you all day because you have so many stories to tell so, uh, but I yes. know we are you know our time we, we're going to run out of it so I just have a couple of more questions and um sure because of you know this clearly is a mindset shift and what I'm wondering is have you had an opportunity um to talk to either schools or universities about your approach because for example in germany there was recently a hackathon on how to improve um the whole school setup in the sense of you know that likely going forward is going to be more of a hybrid um, model for the time being and they were thinking about potentially like a friday could be a free day where um students or like you know high school students or elementary school students could actually use to do maybe some community work or their own focus on you know hobbies research so so i'm just curious if you had an opportunity yeah absolutely so we've spoken to a number of educational organizations mm -hmm. i mean one of the road blocks that is a that that as as a society we need to address is of course that elementary school particularly is glorified babysitting yeah because because of course we know mum goes to work now right yep. so yep. Uh, we need school yep. to babysit our children um, and we hope that along the way they're going to educate them yeah um, and so by giving children a day off we then need to solve the um the issue around care yeah so this is why I talk that talk about this being a whole society. Um, it's a whole society conversation. Right. How do we all work less? However, having said that, we've had a number of conversations with with educational institutions. We had a conversation with a university here in the UK, and they were looking to bring in the four day week. They've got a very large number of researchers within their business within mm -hmm. their their university mm -hmm. they were looking to a uh, thousands and thousands of them they were looking to bring in the four-day week so that researchers could work on the their their research project that they were effectively being paid for <laughs> and within the things but that they would have a day a week to be able to work on their own piece of research oh. that was of, of interest to okay. them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they they were working on the basis that 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 gave people um, that creative that chance to be creative in their own space, right? Because of course creativity is one of those things that we can crush when we just overwork. Yeah. You know, how many times have you got? Oh, I'd love to do that as a hobby. If only I had the time. Exactly. So it's, so it's so they recognise and we. Um, we were in conversations with a very large international media organization and that was one of their comments that came out was that um their staff are they're all quite creative types mm -hmm. but of course they were all working so hard they didn't have a chance to be creative yeah. and creativity even when your job requires you to be creative can be crushed by overwork yeah so actually one of the fundamental criteria for your job <laughs> isn't coming out because you don't have that space for your brain to relax. Problems are generally solved in our subconscious, not in our conscious. Yeah. And so as business leaders, that's really important as well. One of the things, reasons why we really, strong, really strongly recommend for business to have their leaders doing it 
is that business leaders don't stop thinking about work just because they're not at work. Right. But if they can have that time to be doing other things, their subconscious will make them more creative leaders. Wow. And that's much better for an organization to have creative problem solvers and creative thinkers within their business rather than people who are following process, who are just getting the job done um, and, you know, and working long hours, which doesn't necessarily mean they're doing anything productively. Wow. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, thinking this through how this will be, um, you know, applied to the whole society. It's just like, you know, I feel they could be many more like literally patterns coming out of it, new innovations, because it gives people more time to think about things. So. Absolutely. And the great thing is that coming out of COVID gives us all a chance to reinvent ourselves, reinvent our society and reinvent absolutely the way we do things. And so if we don't have that conversation, then we're just going to go back to what we had before. And that would be my biggest fear. Right, 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 right. That we would go back to what we had before. We know what we had before wasn't working. Yeah. Now, is there anything else that we haven't addressed today during our um, call that you would like to talk about? Well, I just want to say to people out there, all you out there in Radioland, it is easier than you think. All that management needs to do is decide that they want to do something differently. And then you hand the trial and the process over to your staff. You do it as a bottom-up process and you will find that all of the promise that has come out of this is now available to you. And it really isn't that hard. The thing that will stop you is that you will overthink it. You'll try and solve everything before you start even doing a trial, but the trial will help you. And if the trial doesn't work, you'll end up with productivity and measures in your business that you didn't have before. You'll have a more engaged workplace and you will have more insight into yourself and your people and your business than you ever did before. It's not something where you will possibly lose. Wow. Thank you. And now how do people... Um, how can they find you? Well, the, the easiest way is to go to our website, which is uh, fourdayweek.com. So it's the number four, mm -hmm. dayweek.com. Uh, they can find us there quite easily. Um, and they, they can, if they want us to speak, there's a form for them to be able to do that. There's, uh, we, there's where you can buy Andrew's book if you want to read uh, the book he's written on the four-day week. Mm -hmm. In his, the book, he talks about our experience with Perpetual Guardian, but he also talks about why a four-day week is important and what are the sort of things that we're looking looking for as our in our society um, and how you can do four-day week in your business so there's that there are all sorts of videos and um, the videos of our podcasts and just all sorts of information research from from researchers around the world mm -hmm. Oxford Harvard New Zealand you know Cambridge a whole pile of places um, and so that's really the easiest otherwise you can find me on LinkedIn Okay. Um, easy enough to find Charlotte Lockhart. It's not that common a name. Yes. Um, just and, and um, yeah, just be in touch. We're happy to talk. Um, love talking about what we're doing here and and helping people find their own new normal. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Charlotte, for being 
on the podcast. It's been a true pleasure talking with you and learning more about the four-day um, work week. Thank you. Right. Well, and I will leave everybody with this comment. Just remember, as business leaders, we borrow our people from their lives. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.